生。Let's continue、uh, with our main theme, Pilgrim's Life。但是你今日讲是 Second Peter。But today we'll be looking at Second Peter。那 First Peter 跟 Second Peter 有什么不同呢 ？So what's the difference between First Peter and Second Peter？ First Peter 是讲的信徒在苦难中间，就持守你家嘅信仰，因为那有一个活泼嘅盼望。First Peter encourages believers to persevere in the faith amidst the suffering because we have a living hope. Peter 告诉是讲的信徒在艰险地嘅危险中间，就坚守主嘅道，因为咱灵不尽力。And Second Peter encourages believers to persevere in God's word. Amidst the deception of false prophets, because we know the truth. So, Peter 前书的敌人是的瓦口来的可能。And that is why the enemy in First Peter are the suffering that comes from without. Ah, Peter 后书的敌人是的教会里面出来的异端。While the second,、uh, while the enemy in Second Peter is the heresy from within. 那面对可能的逼迫。就需要有盼望。And the secret in facing difficulties is having hope. This is living hope. This is our living hope. 但是面对异端的逼迫，需要你有知识，真在 knowledge. But the secret in facing heresy is having true knowledge. 现今这个世界充满着真罪假物件。In our world today, we are filled.、Uh, it's filled with a lot of counterfeits. 纸，你钞票有假。We have counterfeit money. We have counterfeit watches. Ladies' bags,、uh, LV, they've got fakes. And、uh, recently, even the baby、uh, milk powder, they've got fakes as well. Even eggs have、uh, fakes or counterfeits. In our world, there are a lot of beautiful ladies who are actually fake. Look at the internet. Look at the internet. Look at Facebook. Look at the Facebook. A lot of very, very you can see a lot of very beautiful ladies. But at night, when they start taking off everything from their faces, you know what? But at night, when they start taking off everything from their faces, you know what? But at night, when they start taking off everything from their faces, you know what? But at night, when they start taking off everything from their faces, you know what? And that includes the church, for there are a lot of counterfeit believers in the church. And a lot of、uh, people are preaching the false gospel. So, the doctrines that they are teaching are false doctrines. And so, church. We need to be able to differentiate between the truth and what is false. We need to have true knowledge. This knowledge, not just talk about it, is something that you can experience. Knowledge is not something that you know only in your intellect, but rather it's something that you experience in your life. Peter tells us, "See by chosen knowledge." This is in Second Peter. The word knowledge appeared four times. Go by chosen knowledge. And the word know appeared five times. Peter tells us, "This is a very important theme." And Second Peter has a very important. Main theme. You need to know who you have put your faith in. You need to know the truth that you are believing in. 
so that amongst a lot of heresies we are able to stand firm. So today let's take a look at 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. Knowing the path of life growth. You know the structure of verses 3 to 10 in 1 2 Peter chapter 1 is very unique. We may say this. It is like a sandwich, sandwich structure. Because from uh, verses 3 to 5, the first part of uh, verse 5, it's just like a slice of bread. And in chapter 1, the latter part of uh, verse 5 to verse 7, or 8 to 10, is another slice of bread. And in between is our ham and cheese and egg. So the structure is very unique. The first slice of bread talks about four things. First, talks about that we need to know our God. Look at verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Our knowledge of Him, our Lord. And this is the first message. We have already known who our Lord is. Second, talks about a calling. And it's still in verse 3. Says uh, this the knowledge of him who called us. God has called us by his own glory. We have already been saved and we have God's calling in our lives. And the third thing talks about our sins have been cleansed by the Lord. Take a look at verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We have escaped the corruption by that is caused by evil desires. The fourth thing. We need to be diligent or make every effort. Look at verse 5. For this reason, make every effort. And this is the first slice of bread. Talked about four, these four things. Knowing our Lord, that we have God's calling in our lives, that we have been cleansed from our sins, and that we have, have to make every effort to pursue. And the second slice of bread. Talked about the same four things. Number one. Number one. Know the Lord. It is to know the Lord. Take a look at verse 8. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, something is mentioned here. That we have come to know our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing, the word calling is mentioned again. Take a look at verse 10. So he had the Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Verse Once again, it is mentioned that we are cleansed from our sins. Take a look at verse 9. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. The last one, you've got to make every effort again. Take a look at verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Do you see this? These two slices of bread are exactly the same. They're talking about uh, four very special things. And it's repeated again. That we have come to know the Lord. That we have God's calling in our lives. That we have been cleansed from our sins. So brothers and sisters, we must make every effort to pursue. And if you have these two slices of bread, and then we add on the uh, ham and cheese and egg in between. You know what's going to happen? Verse 11. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have these two slices of bread, plus the meat in between, then you'll enter God's kingdom richly, abundantly. On the other hand, if you don't have these two slices of bread, you don't have the ham and cheese, you will enter God's kingdom very poorly. So this is your choice. So this is your choice. How are you going to enter God's kingdom? Are you going to enter enter richly or are you going to enter very pitifully? Of course. Of course. We all want to enter God's kingdom richly. But how? But how? There are two things. Number one, Number one do not forget that we already have the abundant life that God has given us. Take a look at verses 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The Apostle Peter uh, reminds us of something very important. Verse 3. 
His divine power has given us. Has given us. It's already in you. Verse 4. He has given us his very great and precious promises. Has given, has given. He has given, has given. They're already in your lives. You must remember. After you are saved by grace, you've already received God's life within you and God's promises for you. In this world, there are what we call a very uh, poor, uh, rich, rich people. people. They're very wealthy. Yet their lives are very poor. Their wealth are in the bank. And they dare not eat well. They dare not spend. They just keep their money in the bank. And they live their lives like they're poor. And there are a lot of such kind of people. There are some people who, when they die, people discover that they've got a lot of uh, dollars uh, kept in their home that they've never spent. And yet they live their lives very pitifully. What happened? What happened? They do not know how to enjoy the blessings that God has given them. Church. The material things that we possess in these lives can only be enjoyed in this world. When we depart from this world, you lose everything. May God bless us. We do not just uh, carelessly spend our money. When you need to spend, you've got to spend it. May God help us. And it is the same with our spiritual lives. And Peter says we have two things. Let us not forget that we possess them. Number one, we have a godly life within us. And in English, it is uh, translated as godly life. But in Chinese, there are two meanings. Life and godliness. And life refers to our eternal life. We already possess the eternal life that God has given us. It is internal. And God, what about godliness? Godliness is the manifestation of our lives on the outside. It is our external. We all know. Real life is inside out. Is inside out. That whatever is within you is being manifested externally. Church. We already possess a very special life that God has given us. How do we receive this life? Verse 3. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. It is through our knowledge of Him. We, came, we come to know Him. Knowing Him is not as simple as just simply knowing Him. John chapter 17 verse 3. This is uh, found in John chapter 17 verse 3. 
伊的战线，连不你所邪来的耶稣基督，这就是永生。Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 得到上帝人的 eternal life, receiving God's eternal life. 跟咱做了什么大事完全无关系。Has got nothing to do with what we do or what we have done。无人可家己行为得到上帝救恩。No one can depend upon his good works to receive God's salvation。这个应生只有一个办法。There's only one way to receive eternal life。Know you the only true God and Jesus Christ。And that is to know you the only true God and Jesus Christ。这个明白。This Now, no. See that 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 means we're connected. We're relationship. Represents a relationship. I know you. You know me. Perhaps we are friends. Or we are co-workers. But we need to have this knowing or knowledge. And receiving the eternal life from God. It's not because we believe in a certain religion. For religion cannot save anyone's life. We receive salvation because we come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because our salvation is an initiative from God. Luke chapter 15. There are three parables. One man, a man who had a hundred sheep and he lost one of them. And that is the parable of the lost sheep. There was a woman who had、uh, ten coins and he, she lost one of them. And that, that is the parable of the lost coin. There was a father. He had two sons. And one of them became a prodigal son. And two sons, he lost one of them. And among these three parables, perhaps the one that is、uh, least interesting is the one that、uh, lost the coin. A woman had ten coins and she lost one of them. Nothing very special about it. It's、uh, un- very unlike the、uh, shepherd who went to look for. His sheep, or the father waiting for his son to come home. But in theology, this、uh, parable of the lost coin is、uh, the most important of them all. You know why? You know why? Because the sheep and the son, there is a possibility for them to take the initiative to go back and look for. The the father or the master. But what about the coin? The coin will never ever be able to have the initiative to look for the master. It will be left in that place. The coin wouldn't be able to utter any sound. And if the master wouldn't be go looking for, wouldn't go looking for the coin, that coin will remain there forever. That will it will forever remain a lost coin. Please remember, our salvation is God's initiating. To look for you, we who are sinners, we don't even realize that we are lost. 
We think that uh, we are good people until God's light shine upon us. And when He uses people to speak to us, that's when we come to realize that I am a sinner. I need a Savior. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. It is God taking His own initiative to seek us out. So may God help us. Please remember that you already have the abundant life that God has given you. Salvation is already in you. Second, you need to understand. You already have a very great and precious promise that God has given to you. What is this promise? The promise is that we have already escaped the, from the corruption caused by evil desires and are partakers of God's divine nature. Salvation is not as simple as freeing us from sin. Salvation is not as simple as going to heaven after we leave this world. Salvation has a very, very great promise that our lives will become more and more abundant. That we will be partakers of God's divine nature. That in the future we will be exactly the same as Christ. Not only was it Peter who said this, but it was also the Apostle John who said the same thing. First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4 says that uh, we do not see him as yet, but uh, when we see him, we will be as he is. What is a Christian? Christian is actually little Christ. In our lives, we already have the life of Christ within us. Please remember. God has given you a promise. You are able to live lives that are more and more becoming Christ-like. This is not an impossibility. Because the seed of God's abundant life is already within us. Now think about this. This baby. When the baby was born. He had everything. He's got eyes. He's got ears. He's got mouth. He's got uh, hands and legs and everything else. But the problem is, he's got eyes, but he isn't able to see yet. He's got mouth, but he isn't able to speak. He's got ears, but he isn't able to hear well. He's got hands, but there are a lot of things that he isn't able to do. He's got legs, but he isn't able to walk yet. But as the life slowly grows, 
Start, his eyes start to be able to see. His ears now is able to hear. His mouth is able to speak. He's able to uh, call out Papa or Mama. And until a point in time, he's able to run. Why? Because his life is slowly growing up. Church, isn't our spiritual lives the same? We already have God's life and godliness within us. As long as you continue to grow, you will be able to become more and more like our Lord Jesus Christ. And God has given a very special promise to every person who is saved. But it is a pity though. It is a pity. Remember these two uh, slices of bread? What's the last one? Make every effort. Make every effort. Be diligent in doing this. It's a pity. Many Christians are very lazy. They don't, uh, they don't uh, pursue the growth. That is why we have a lot of spiritual babies in the church. Exactly what Paul said to the church in Corinth. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. And it's uh, normal for babies to uh, drink milk. You don't see a baby uh, who wants a steak uh, when it's born. But as the baby slowly grows, the baby starts eating solid food. But uh, Paul said, you were not ready then, but now you are still not ready. You are still not ready. So here's the problem that you are still not ready. Our lives have not really grown. Church. God has already given us a promise. And we need to grow. If you don't grow, we aren't able to uh, enter God's kingdom richly. Just like you have a lot of uh, money in the bank. You've got to take them out. We draw them and spend them because otherwise they're still not your money. And it's going to be somebody else who's uh, spending the money. Bankers are not uh, dumb. They uh, save the money up for you and give you interest? No. No. They're taking your money to invest in something else. So may God help us. Spiritual lives is likewise. You need to spend. You need to use it. You need to be diligent. 
first one. Don't ever forget something. That we've we've got it, we possess it. The second thing. Do not forget to strive out to live strive to live out our abundant life in Christ. Look at verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort. Verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Look at Peter. Time and again, he reminds us of something. Be all the more diligent, he says. You know why? There's a difference between spiritual life and physical life. Physical life will slowly grow. Up to a point that it will become an adult. Even though the nutrition may not be enough, it, he will still become an adult. But maybe he will be of a lesser weight. But spiritual lives is different. We are able to be, remain a baby all our lives. You've been a Christian for 10 years, 20 years. And if you don't, uh, you are not diligent in pursuing growth. You will forever remain a baby. And this is Paul's rebuke to the church at Corinth. But, uh, and this is also the uh, author of Hebrews rebuking uh, his uh, audience that you are forever you forever remain a little child you still need milk not solid food so church it's about time for us to grow it's about time for us to grow if uh, you've been a Christian for 10 years and if your life isn't growing something is really really wrong something is really wrong take a baby a baby when he's born, uh, we love the baby so much. First time, the first time that uh, he starts to speak, whether he utters papa or maybe mama. Parents will be so excited, they'll be ecstatic. And they'll be so proud of their son. Imagine. But imagine this. Your son is your child is already 10 years old. And he knows only how to say these two words. Papa. Papa. Mama. And mama. I'm sure you you're going to be very sorrowful. 10 years old. And the only words that he can speak is papa and mama. And we've been Christians for 10 years. And if you don't grow, our God is going to be very sorrowful. So may God help us. We must make every effort. Christians, we are not lazy people. We need to be diligent in pursuing our growth. When I was a young boy, my mother used to say this. If a person is not smart enough, that's fine. As long as you are diligent. So I always remember the words of my mother. 
You can therefore see that I may not be smart enough. Or my mother used to tell me that it's okay that if you're not smart enough, as long as you're diligent. You know, China. And there's this very uh, uh, famous general during the Qing dynasty. His name was Zheng Guo Fan. Very, very important uh, official in the Qing dynasty. this person, according to his own records, he says that he wasn't a very smart person. And he said one time something happened. And he was uh, studying inside his room. You know, in in the early days, the Chinese, uh, they have to memorize everything that they are studying. So he was trying to memorize an article. He read it once, twice, three times, again and again, repeatedly, but then he keeps he kept forgetting. And then that day, by chance, there was a thief that actually entered. And the thief was actually hiding up uh, on the ceiling where there was like a uh, beam of the house. And he was watching, waiting for this person to finish his study so that he could get down from the beam and steal the stuff from their house. But then Zhang Kofan, uh, he studied it repeatedly, but then he couldn't memorize it yet. One hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and he couldn't memorize it yet. And the thief was so angry. He became impatient and he jumped down from the beam. And he was so angry. You're so dumb, he said. And from beginning to the end, he was able to recite the article that he was studying because he was listening to him study it for four hours. And he said, you're so dumb. And so he started reciting it from beginning to the end. And then after that, he left. A person who was dumb was stupid, became a very famous person. And then a smart person, he could, he could even memorize it just by listening. But he became a thief. Church. Don't you ever try to trust in your own little intelligence. Especially for our spiritual lives, there is no shortcut at all. Don't you believe what the world today tells you that uh, in 30 days you'll be able to know the Bible? I've been a Christian for almost 40 years and I don't understand the whole of the Bible yet. And uh, within a day, uh, you will be liked by everyone. Would you believe that? Look at the mirror. You don't even believe yourself. These are all shortcuts. In our world today, everybody wants uh, shortcuts. 
But remember, there is no shortcuts to spiritual growth. You need to start being very diligent in seeking to grow. How then do you seek to grow? Look at verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Possess this quality. Take note of this phrase, possess these qualities. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. But if anyone does not have them, then referring to the qualities. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you have this, if you possess these things, Peter so Peter, three times, he said the same thing. If you have these things or you don't possess these things, let me ask you, what are these things referring to? And these are the things that are being referred to in chapter 5 to chapter 8. Or rather, verses 5 to 8, that is uh, the, the things that are in between, uh, that are the ham, cheese, and egg. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly love, love. You know how many there are how many qualities there are in total? There are eight qualities. Faith, goodness, knowledge. Self-control, perseverance, godliness. Brotherly love and love for all men. Eight things. Eight things that you need to be very diligent in pursuing. And if you have these eight qualities. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And these eight qualities can be divided or can be grouped into three. Faith, goodness, and knowledge, these are foundational. You need to be able to build these three qualities as your foundation. Self-control, perseverance, and godliness, these are things that are internal. Brotherly love or love and love for all men, these are external manifestations. These are things that are manifested uh, in public. So church, you need to pursue these three things. Number one, the foundations. You need to build your faith, your goodness, and your knowledge. The faith starts, we start with faith. And for that is the foundation. And that is the faith, the saving faith that we all possess. 
叫系先善事，行动嘅先善。And the faith that saves is an active faith。因为即系 John one twelve。For in John one twelve, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Sin, 就是接替。And to believe is to accept him, receive him. 接受耶稣最啲生命嘅，最啲一个 action， 一个表现。To receive Jesus as your savior, that is an action. 你需要踏出一步。You need to take the very first important step. But by faith, accept Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior. It's the most foundational of all steps and the most important of all steps. But you cannot stop there. You need to add the second thing, and that is goodness. In other translations, it is translated as virtue. So virtue is the excellence of life. It is useful life's平衡. Virtue is the excellence of life. Your life needs to have virtue. A very good sword is one that is very sharp. A very good horse is one that can run fast. A very good Christian is one who is like the Lord Jesus Christ. So you need to add on virtue in your life. So that a good fruit may A good tree may bear good fruit. And you say, and uh, then we need to add on knowledge. Knowledge refers to the truth. And that is why you need to be reading your Bible. Not only should you be reading your Bible, but you need to be able to apply the Bible that you are reading into your daily life. Because knowledge cannot just remain in our heads. You need not only to hear the word, but you have to apply or apply the word. To walk the truth needs knowledge. And remember what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Worship in spirit. And that is to worship sincerely with your whole heart. And so everyone who comes to worship God must truly worship God sincerely, wholeheartedly. It cannot be false. But apart from the heart, there has to be uh, the honesty, the truth. And this honesty in the original text, it is a truth. We worship God with in truth. Remember, we worship our God. Not only do we worship Him sincerely, we worship Him in truth. Remember, you know what? I don't have any ill meaning to this. Sometimes, people who worship other gods, other religions, their posture is actually even more uh, sincere than we have, right? 
跪在这个神的头前去拜。You see that they really bow down before their gods. 那不是啊。But for us, it's not. 我就拿手机随 Sometimes for us, we're too careless. 我当时在听到的时候，我看过点动点动不停嘛。Some people, then,、uh, that when they're sitting and listening to the preaching the word, they continue moving. It's their unconscious attitude. But, but with a very godly attitude. What if you worship the wrong God? So when we worship our God, apart from having a godly attitude, we need to have a very accurate object of worship. We use the truth to worship the one true God. Because the Bible says, because the Because the、uh, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You know, when it started. I don't know when it started. Suddenly, there was a saying that came out, which is very interesting. The paradise of、uh, Christianity is the uh, Buddhism. Uh, Buddhism's. Uh, Nirvana, Nirvana. Yeah. You know what? Some people say. I don't know when it started. No, it's not true. It's not the truth. You know, if you go to the temple, you don't have the message of Buddha. If the paradise of Christianity is equivalent to the Nirvana of Buddhism, then you don't need to believe in Jesus, right? Because you're going to the same place. Says all roads lead to Rome, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. Because the Bible says this very clearly. There is no other name. There is no other path. We must worship our God in truth. So faith, virtue, and knowledge, knowledge are our foundations. Second. Internal qualities. These are the self-control, perseverance, and godliness. Number one. Number one. Self-control. Self-control. I will not say it properly. Self-control. And English translates it very well. It's self-control. So this is self-control. Self-control is toward oneself. It's not for others. You must learn to manage yourself well. No. And don't you ever tell me that it's somebody else who made you angry. No. No. It's because you aren't able to control yourself. So you can't do it. Can't do it. And that is why you need to be responsible for your own action. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A jingle, hot, picky man. Person who's got a bad temper. You can't say that your wife, your kids, are highly hot, picky. And don't you say that、uh, it's your your spouse or your children that made you blow your temper. So you can't control yourself. But rather, it is because you aren't able to control yourself. You need to control your own desires. You need to be able to control your own desires. You need.、Uh, you shouldn't allow your passions or your desires to control you. And the Chinese have a saying which is very meaningful. Chinese says that we have、uh, seven emotions and six, six desires. 
What are the seven emotions? Talks about seven kinds of different feelings or emotions. Happiness, anger, sadness, fear, love, and hate and desire. And every one of these feelings is actually neutral. Neither good nor bad. But then you need to learn to control your own emotions. Otherwise, these emotions, these desires are going to kill us. What about the six kinds of desires? Talks about the uh, desires of the eyes, desires of the ears, desires of the nose, desires of the tongue, desires of the body, and desires of the mind. And all of these are neutral. But please remember, whenever you allow these desires to control you, you have a problem. For example, let's talk about food, food, eating. Nothing wrong with food. Right, good. Right? But if you allow the desire of food to control you, you have something, you have a problem. You have a problem. You're going to eat too much. You're going to be eating too much. It's not good for you, nor for somebody else. So you need to learn self-control. So may God help us. And if you say self-control is toward yourself, what about perseverance? Patience. Patience. Patience is toward others. We need to be patient toward others. Because being patient is not easy. Love is long suffer. Bible says that love is long suffering. So it's not easy for us to be patient with another person. The word patient. The word patient or the character for patience in Chinese. It's like a sword, which is a double edged, the very sharp sword piercing through your heart. So it is not simple. So patience is not something that's easy. Easy. But then you need to learn this. You need to be to learn to be patient with the person beside you. If you have self-control and you have patience, then you need something else. And that godliness. is godliness. Self-control is toward yourself, patience is toward others, godliness is toward our God. We need to be very godly, an attitude of godliness toward God. You know, our reverence for God is slowly diminishing. Slowly, we are getting less and less fearful of God. Heavenly Father, loving Heavenly Father. We're not sure, but maybe because we're New Testament believers and uh, we say that uh, loving Heavenly Father. Yes, of course, He is a loving God. But please don't uh, forget. He is also a fearful God. You know, where is the first uh, occasion in which uh, this uh, phrase fear God appeared in the Bible? In Genesis chapter 22. 
God said to Abraham, Offer your sacrifice your son Isaac to me. And when Abraham took out the knife and was about to stab his son, suddenly, stop, stop. Suddenly, there was this voice that came from heaven saying, Stop. Now I know that you fear God. That you will not withhold your Isaac, your son Isaac. This was the first occasion in which the Bible refers to fearing God. Because you were not, uh, you, 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 did, you did not withhold your son Isaac. Imagine. Imagine. In your life, the one that you love the most. And God says, give it to me, give him to me. And you're giving it to God. Why? Why? Fear God. Because you fear God. Whatever he says, that I will do. And of course, our God will not be careless, so you shouldn't be afraid of that. But may God help us. We need to build a heart that fears the Lord. Self-control, self -control, patience, patience, godliness. and godliness. These are the manifestation of our inner life. And the last one, it's something that's uh, manifested externally. Brotherly love and love for all people. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. That is treating your friend as your own the, uh, brother. You know that uh, CBCP is a church that is a, uh, that is a church of discipleship. And we focus uh, a lot on the work of discipleship. What is discipleship? There are a lot of different uh, definitions for discipleship. And one time I was reading a book and I felt that the definition was very unique. You know what it says? Discipleship is nothing more or less than a friendship with a spiritual perspective. And I feel that this definition is very unique. Discipleship is a training that uh, where one life influences another life. But in between, there has to be a spiritual perspective. You ask, Pastor, what, it, what do you mean by this? Alex! Alex? Let's go have coffee. So we're having coffee together. And after coffee, let's go watch a movie together. After watching movie, let's go have dinner. After that, we're done with discipleship, right? Depends on who are you fooling? You're not actually doing discipleship. Do, do you mean to say that we can't have coffee together? We can't watch, go watch movie together? Or have dinner together? Yes. Yes, of course you can. But let me ask you. When you're having coffee. When you're watching a movie. When you're having dinner. Is there a spiritual perspective to all of this? Do you understand what I mean? If you're just simply having coffee and you don't mention about anything spiritual, 
You're just building up friendship. It's nothing wrong. That's nothing related to discipleship. But it's nothing related to discipleship. Watching a movie. Is there anything spiritual about movie, watching movies? Why not? After watching the movies, you can discuss. Is it true or not? What does the Bible say about Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Is there a spiritual meaning to it? Oh, the last word. Right? More power, more responsibility. With more power comes responsibility. What does the Bible say about that? That is a spiritual perspective. Do you understand what I mean? We're not saying that you can't have coffee together watch movies together. But let me ask you, do, these, do all these things connect to your spiritual lives? And maybe you travel overseas together. Can you do that? Of course, why not? Of course, why not? Build up friendship. Build up the friendship. And in the process, is there a spiritual building up within, you, within the things that you're doing? Discipleship is building up your friendship from a spiritual perspective. May God help us. Having brotherly love, there's something more you need. You need to add on to it love for all men. Meaning to say that love is for everyone, even people that you don't know. A love that has no selfishness in it. Love. Love even for strangers. Because God's love is unconditional. And this is something that is manifested on the outside. So take a look at this. We have the foundations. We have faith, we have virtue, we have knowledge. This is our, the foundation for our spiritual life. With one word to uh, summarize that. Information. This is uh, information. These are information. We need information. Christianity is never against uh, using our minds to study, to gain knowledge. And spiritual people are not people without brains. Information. We call these information. But that is not enough. We need self-control, we need patience, we need godliness. This is a life transformation. And to, to summarize this one word, transformation. it is one transformation. Information brings the transformation. Information brings transformation. information. Without information, transformation Your transformation will not have a good foundation. transformation. But having transformation on its own is not enough. Because you only have the transformation. Your, your own transformation, but you don't contribute or you don't benefit others. 
just like in the past. Uh, just like those people who uh, go to the deep mountains to be uh, like monks. There's transformation. But nothing of benefit to other people. So the third thing must be added. Love for brothers and love for fellow men. And to uh, summarize this with one word, manifestation. That your life is being manifested on the outside. From information become transformation and transformation manifestation. From information becoming transformation to become manifestation. Second Peter. Second Peter. Talks about uh, facing heresies. But how do we face heresies? You need to grow yourself. You need to have information that leads to transformation that leads to manifestation. Otherwise, if heresies come along, you won't even, even be able to distinguish it. May God help us. This is the first message that Peter gives us. And that's not the end of it yet. Next week, we're going to talk about the second message. After your life matures, the second thing happens. You know the truth. You, you will know the truth. And this is the message for next week. May God help us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Father, that uh, you have once again reminded us, Lord, that we must Continually be diligent, Lord, in pursuing the growth of, of our spiritual lives. We're really thankful, Father, that uh, you have chosen us, you have called us all by your own initiative to be your children, Lord. Nothing that we can do to merit your acceptance, but this is purely by your grace. Amen. Thank you, Father, that uh, as uh, you have reminded us today, Lord, may we all learn to be diligent to uh, uh, make every effort to continue to uh, grow so that uh, um, we may build our spiritual lives on stronger foundation, Lord. And continue to uh, speak to each one of us, Lord, and continue to help us by your grace for, so that we all will grow, we all will mature, and we all will become more and more like Christ. Thank you, Lord, and uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.